We want to thank you for joining us today for this emphasis on Christmas when God did something absolutely new, something amazing, something surprising. But the message of Christmas is that God not only wants to do, did, wanted to do something new then, he wants to do something new now. God has something he wants to do new in your life and new in my life, and I believe new in our church. Uh, today what I'm doing is just outlining our theme briefly for 2022 is expect something new. That's you anticipate God doing something. And I base that on some verses from Isaiah. Isaiah was the one who announced that a virgin would be with child. Well, God announced it through Isaiah. But that great book of Isaiah also told us that the government would be on his shoulder and his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That was the new thing that God was about to do then, a new work in the life of his people. But God is also about to do a new work in our lives. So I invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to look at verses 18, 19, and 21, and then I'm going to outline those verses to you. The Lord says, Do not call to mind the former things, or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. And verse 21 gives the end result. The people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. Now I want to show you the pieces of this promise. First, look at the heart of this promise where the Lord says, Behold, I will do something new. Whenever the Lord is about to do a work, he is the one who takes the initiative to accomplish his own plan and his own purpose. It's not something that you can do. It's not something that I can do. It's about what God will do. Remember, this promise came to God's people at a time of need. It came to them at a moment of despair, a moment of helplessness. They were not living in their own land they were living in captivity where they had been for 70 years. There was no way for them to get from where they were to where God wanted them to be. Likewise, when you look at your life or we look at our church, we might think there's no way for God to get me or for me to get myself from where I am to where God wants me to be, but God can certainly do that, and that's God's announcement here. So this year, I call on you to expect something new. I am calling on you to believe God's promise and simply to claim this promise as your own for your life and for your church that God will do something and that he will do something new. That's the heart of this promise. Number two, the Lord calls on his people to be alert to his activity, aware of his activity. He says, will you not be aware of it? Down through the years, I've come to understand that there are promises in this book that will not be mine until God shows them to me. Some of you understand that. You know there are thousands of promises in the Word of God, but you know that there are days when you stumble upon one of those promises 
and it is as if it becomes 3D. It jumps off, off the page and speaks to you. God shows it to you, and he tells you to claim this promise as your own. So here God is making his people aware of what he will do. Today I'm asking you to simply expect God to do something similar in your life, to expect God to do a new work in your life and in your church. Moses didn't see the burning bush until God showed it to him. That bush, he may have passed that bush hundreds of times before, but on the day it burned with God's presence, it did so because God wanted him to be aware of it. Sometimes God takes a word out of his word and shakes it at us and says, see, here, I'm showing you this. I want you to claim it as your own. Third, there is the necessity when God speaks that his people believe his promise. God's promises always come in advance of his activity, in advance of something he's about to do. I give you two illustrations from the book of Hebrews, two verses, verses 7 and 8 of chapter 11. Here the Bible says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark. He built an ark because God told him he was about to do something, and Noah believed it and acted on God's promise. And then we read in verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't know what God was going to do, but he just knew that God had spoken. And he acted on the basis of God's promise. I'm simply asking you to claim this promise is your own, believing that God wants to do something new in your life and something new in your church. So just claim that promise as your own. Number four, consider the scope of God's activity. Here God promises a way out of the wilderness for his people. God is always the one who has in the past gotten his people out of some wilderness circumstance. We look at his people in the Old Testament. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years they were guided through the wilderness. But then the day came when God was ready to get them out of the wilderness. And of course the people here in the Old Testament are not in a wilderness. They're just in a different land. They're captives in a land where they've been taken captive. But God was ready to get them back to his land, to get them back to the promised land. And he said, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it in such a surprising way. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. I'm going to make rivers in the desert. They were hopeless to do this and helpless to do this on their own. These are things that only God can do. These are great and mighty things, but that is what God desires to do among his people. That was not only true in the time of Isaiah. Even in the time of Jeremiah, God said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Number five, there is that which is preliminary to claiming God's promise. There are prerequisites to claiming God's promise. Look at it here. He said, do not call to mind the former things 
or ponder the things of the past. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back. Did she go forward? No. If you know the story, you know she became a pillar of salt. She just, that was it. You can't go forward by looking back. You can't see the new things that God is going to do by clinging to the past. All of us have a past. Some of our past is a healthy past. Some of it is an unhealthy past. An unhealthy past is a past that serves as an anchor that keeps us from following God. It keeps us from being on mission with God. And it doesn't have to be an evil past to be an unhealthy past. I give you an illustration. I could put a picture on the screen and you would know exactly what I was talking about. The picture of that person who the past is so precious to them that they keep every magazine, they keep every trinket, they keep every card, so much so that there are boxes and boxes and piles and piles all over their house so that they can no longer walk safely through their house, but their, their house is a monument to things that have happened in the past and it keeps them from enjoying the present and moving forward into the future. We can never let the church become like that, that we're so glued to the past that we can't go forward into the future God has for us. And so God said to his people, you need to put away the past. Don't ponder the things of the past because I am going to do something new. And look, we also have an unhealthy past, a sinful past, a past that hinders us. But God doesn't measure us by what happened in our past, even if our past is a history of, of sin and, and failure. Because the Lord says, also in this book of Isaiah in chapter 43, I, even I, am he who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Look, if God says your past is past, then it's past, and you can go forward, and you can expect God to do something new in your life and in your church. Well, people are not the only ones bound by their past. Sometimes churches are. I had a staff member come to my church on one occasion. He came, and he was called to our church, and he said, and I wrote down what he said. I, I will never forget it. He said, I came, I left the church where I was because the ghosts in the hall were larger than their vision for the future. Don't ever let that happen to you. Don't let the things in the past become so big and so important that you can't go forward and follow God. Sixth, there is the end result of this promise. The Lord says in verse 21, the people whom I have formed for myself will declare my praise. God says, I'm going to do such a work among them that people will look at them and say, Look what God did there. That has to be a great God they serve to have done such a work. And not only that, but those people themselves, because of what God does in their life, they become passionate worshipers. That's what God wanted them to be. He wanted them to be a people that declared his praise, that went and told it on the mountain, that 
proclaimed his story with their voices, with their songs, and with their lives. God wants you to be a trophy of his grace. That's one of the new things that God wants you to do. Look, all of us have been soiled by our past. Everybody here. But God wants to undo that. God wants to take you out of that. And God wants to move you forward into the realm that he wants for your life. And finally, the last thing that I would like you to see is this is, this is an act of spontaneous sovereignty. I like that expression, spontaneous sovereignty that brings this to fruition. In other words, it's something only God can do. If you'll notice the context of the situation he, he addressed in the scripture, it says that God's timing has come. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus was born, it was at the right time, at just the right time, just when it seemed like there was no hope left, just when it seemed like the world couldn't exist another moment, Jesus came. God initiated that. And the Lord said, look, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do it now, and it's going to spring forth. It's going to happen in such a surprising way. My people will say, that's something only God can do. Something only God can do. What is that in your church? Move it forward, make it grow, make it a place of passionate praise and fill it with passionate worshipers. What is, what is it that needs to happen in your life that you've given up on? The prayer that you can't pray any longer because you're not sure that it's ever going to take place and yet God says, look, I can do that. It will spring forth. I will do something new. Will you not be aware of it? How do I know this is God's timing? Well, because it's always God's timing to act. Even in terms of salvation, the Lord says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So here were a group, group of people in the Old Testament. In their heart, there was a homesickness for God. If you know their story, they had been out of the land for 70 years. That's a long time in the history of any people. But you know, sometimes the Lord allows us to be without a sense of his presence, without a sense of his peace, without a moving of his spirit, without a revival, so that the, his people will begin to say, oh God, how long will it be before you do something new? We need you to act in our lives. We need you to act in our church. Is there a, a homesickness for God in your heart? Is there a hunger in your heart to see God do something to work in your church, to see people at the altar, to see souls saved, to see God do something that only God can do, to experience genuine revival? The Lord said, I can do that. I want you to watch me work. So this year, would you claim this promise with me? Would you say, God, would you do something new in my life? Would you do something new in my church? And would you do it in such a way that everybody who sees your work will know there's no other way it could have been done 
except that God did it. Would you pray with me?